Hey there, we at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Bet Online and Blue Chew. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. As always, joined by one of the co-owners at Rotoviz, Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, we are just past the NFL draft. Uh, it was quite the weekend uh, in many ways. Some for good landing spots for some of the prospects we're going to talk about in today's show. Some maybe not as good. Some drafts maybe not as good, and uh, I'm sure we'll head on the Packers draft, or maybe we'll skip it because uh, it'll make me feel better and i think it's been done to death at this stage with uh, i think everyone's had their say on uh, what they think of the packers draft um, after what occurred but some very very interesting moves um probably not the ideal landing spots for some of the candidates but we'll be talking through a lot of those on today's show but how did you enjoy the draft sean i, I enjoyed the the virtual element of it you know i, I thought the nfl did as as well as kind of possible in this situation and uh you know it, it, there was a lot of enjoyable moments in it yeah, they did a nice job and, and made it feel uh, in some ways a little bit more like a fantasy draft, which we certainly all enjoy those and got to see the, the new players. You mentioned the Packers situation. Certainly, I was uh, very depressed about the Chiefs first round pick when they had the chance to uh, grab Jonathan Taylor there, but decided to go in a different direction. Uh, but, you know, one of the things you find is that it doesn't take too long to talk yourself into most of the picks. Uh, maybe that's not the case uh, with Jordan Love there with the with the Packers. But for most of us, you know, talking myself into a running back whom the Chiefs like uh, better than Brian Westbrook, I think that that's an awfully high bar that he's going to have to hit. But certainly you can squint at that and, and get excited for all of the receptions that the running back will have there. And we're going to talk today about where these players will go in rookie drafts, those uh, festivities starting pretty much immediately. And the first round now uh, thrown into a little bit of chaos. So this this should be fun to look at where we think these players are going to go now that we have the landing spots yeah it's going to be fun and you mentioned uh, some of the rookie drafts i have actually one that is completely finished already so it'll be good to, to talk through um your piece that we're going to look at in a moment some of the great work dave has done before we do that as i've mentioned on the last couple of shows this is actually episode number 97 we're going to be getting closer a 100th episode to mark that occasion the road of his radio podcast network is giving away 10 one month free subscriptions to rotaviz.com if you're already subscribed we'll add that one month to the end of your subscription if you're not signed up yet you get a free one month subscription nothing to lose there all you have to do is rate and review the podcast on your podcast app or retweet a podcast tweet and give a little bit of love to the rotaviz overtime podcast on twitter share the love there the more retweets the more entries i'm not going to uh, discriminate against people who want to, to share the love on a, an extra level but of course uh, the rating and review as well on your favorite podcast app is the key to entering as a reminder as well you can always save yourself that 10 percent to a one-year road of his nfl subscription and it has changed up a little bit over the last couple of weeks we have revamped the site and of course we have a, a slight different way now to getting that 10 percent extra off your 
subscription and that is by using the code 2020 rv radio at checkout once again that is 2020 rv radio at checkout sean over the last four or five days with the nfl draft being live so much content up on the site so much fantastic work I mentioned I've already finished uh, a, a rookie draft on a super flex format and you had a, a great piece up that I was going back to referencing some of the, the interesting tidbits that you had in it, uh, the three round super flex uh, rookie mock that you were doing live updates throughout the draft. So I thought that was uh, very interesting. For you doing that, was there many big changes throughout the draft that, that did affect it? Uh, did you find it went smoother? Did you have to, to shake things up a couple of times uh, throughout the process? Well, day one did not affect my projected first round all that much but once we moved into day two we got to see where the running backs landed it changed things quite a bit and then we saw that some of these players like a jerry judy for example had a lot more offensive weapons drafted uh, into their depth chart and so that certainly makes a difference there we'll go through and, and look at some of these specific players but let me start out by asking you who went number one in your draft before the weekend started i had joe burrow as the number three in super flex leagues by the time the draft was over i had moved him up to number one the top couple of guys were not in the spots that i had expected and so their drop allowed burrow to move up uh, he was the number two pick in the Superflex League that I'm currently going in. We had a Kansas City drafter in the top spot, perhaps not surprisingly, took Clyde Edwards Alaire there. I don't think that you can criticize that pick. He moved all the way from early in the second round to the 103 for my projected drafts. I think those top three picks are likely to be Burrow, Jonathan Taylor, and Edwards are there in most formats, but certainly uh, after what we had this weekend, there are other choices. Who went number one for you guys? So I have uh, I have one finish. I have two running. Uh, thankfully, uh, the the overtime Ireland leagues, I I don't have to commission them. Uh, one of my my friends, James McGuire, commissions them, but he's he set them up nicely. That I'm in three of them currently, and there's one draft start at Monday, one draft starts Tuesday, one draft starts Wednesday for the three I'm in. So that's working out nicely. The other draft I was in started uh, on Sunday, basically once uh, we got through the NFL draft. So that one, they're all super flex leagues. The first one went with Elier uh, to. Uh, the Chiefs obviously 101 then Joe Burrow then Jonathan Taylor uh, the one then that actually is going off the board that has just started today has gone Jonathan Taylor Joe Burrow uh, and then Edwards Hilaire going in third there um, and then the other one was kind of the reverse it was uh, Edwards Hilaire then Burrow then uh, Taylor so it's basically been a combination of the three um, so it, it definitely isn't a, a consensus at the moment from what I'm seeing now, when you look at those top three picks, and we've talked a lot on the show about Jonathan Taylor and how he's this generational type of back, the NFL didn't necessarily agree with this. He certainly wasn't a top 10 pick like a Christian McCaffrey, like a Saquon Barkley, perhaps not having shown that elite upside as a receiver. Certainly the Chiefs with their draft pick really emphasized that and then perhaps and i think in some ways this is unfortunate although you know you do have to stop fumbling at the nfl level if you're going to play uh, taylor with some of the fumble issues that may have knocked him down as well i think that would be unfortunate because i think when you're putting together an nfl team you really need to prize or emphasize 
pure rushing ability. There are very few people out there who can make a real difference. If you're going to use an early pick at running back, you need it to be someone who can be a difference maker because other guys, very competent guys are out there. Uh, certainly one of my favorites in, you know, Benjamin went at pick 222. He's going to be a good NFL player. If all you want is a good NFL player, you could have waited till that spot to select one. Now that we have Taylor here with the Colts, they have Marlon Mack, they have Naheem Hines, they have an offense that has excellent blocking. They're going to have good uh, better quarterback play so some positives and negatives here we put him into the running back prospect lab we talked a lot about how he had set a new standard even falling to pick 41 he still has a 98th percentile projection he slides in just after elliot fournette and melvin gordon so a lot to still be excited about what's going to happen there in indianapolis it's a little bit messy at the minute you know before the draft where you know i was starting to get that feeling again towards Hines. i was starting to get a little bit confident that we might see it going well i don't think this really affects him but it's going to be a little bit hard to see what happens um you know between taylor um, and between marlon mack you know mack's coming off a thousand yard season where he didn't uh, play every game last year um what i would be thinking is like you were not if taylor had a went to the chiefs i think taylor would be the consensus 101 um i think people would be very very excited about that the way things have flipped around i i've talked to people over the last couple of days I, i'm slightly disappointed with where a lot of these players have landed there's not many players that i just thought that that is the perfect landing spot for them like when we look at the two wide receivers i'm sure we'll touch on them in a moment you know um it was a situation with lamb and judy that both of those guys have gone to pretty good landing spots but both of those guys are going to places where there is uh you know serious competition as well um we could have had situations where players would have landed in really really perfect spots and we could have had that with the running backs you know uh, none of these players have gone and ended up in miami either we had different places that we were hoping that we could have seen um a lot of production what we've seen is a lot of uh running back committees get formed over the last couple of days so it's very hard to to know obviously taylor has the draft capital now and they're probably going to lean towards him but you know martin mack isn't a bad running back he just doesn't do a lot out of the backfield as as the one downside with him but what, what we see with a lot of nfl teams now is they they do realize we're going to need three to four running backs throughout the year to get us through the entire season um and and, and that's what we're seeing here again with indianapolis so a very very good choice for them to take him in terms of how it works out for fantasy um it's it's just dampened the excitement a little bit but i have a few marlon max shares left from from last season and i'm i'm more more i'm a lot more concerned about them than i am about any jonathan taylor shares i i can pick up this year do you think it's uh pretty straightforward that he go, he, he can go in there and and just uh, get that job from from the very start I do think so. He's just that good. I think it's unfortunate for Marlon Mack. I'd really like to see the Colts move him to a team. Oh yeah, that needs oh, yeah. a starting running Get back. Him out of I think that he's demonstrated <laughs> that he can do that. I think that in some locations he would have upside as a as a pass catching back, where the Colts have not used him in that role. So, you know, hopefully in some of these situations you would see this as just the precursor to backs actually maybe moving. To a better location but we don't necessarily see a ton of these types of trades obviously we had matt Breda moving to the dolphins really reinvigorating uh, his fantasy value but the jaguars were not able to move a leonard fournette and you know you look at the situation with fournette which i think is interesting because you know you hear so much in the fantasy community about you know volume 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 and yet uh, 
Blair has written at length, you know, talking in the wrong read about how running back efficiency is something that you want to look at. It will help you make better picks in terms of chasing a little bit of that for subsequent seasons. Certainly the Jaguars and the NFL at large uh, seem to think the same thing about Fournette. So you have a big back with speed who caught a lot of passes and yet not really a market for him. Now, you know, there may be some personality issues that also factor into that. But certainly, if you have a Marlon Mack on your team, it looks like it makes more sense just to hold him, you know, wait for that injury or wait for that Jonathan Taylor fumble, and then deploy him as opposed to giving that person away for peanuts. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations, which you can bet on. You can bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, the stock market, and even Nathan's hot dog eating contest. The good news, too, all open. 24 hours a day and all online if you go to betonline.ag and use the promo code bluewire today while signing up you'll receive a welcome bonus to get you started once again that is betonline.ag promo code bluewire betonline your online wagering solution guys looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds get to bluechew.com today bluechew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level they've got the same active ingredients that are in viagra and Celias, so you know they work and since they're chewable they work faster you can take them anytime day or night even on a full stomach Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's the great deal for you guys as loyal listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use the code BLUEWIRE. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and get the order for free. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. You mentioned that a lot of these landing spots are not exactly perfect and that just sort of went throughout this first round it created uh, sort of a crazy reshuffling i think and maybe more than any rookie draft i've ever seen we're going to have some very different perspectives on how you should play it right and one of the things that was fun this weekend i had a chance to do sort of a a zoom meeting with the guys from the dynasty command center rookie draft uh tj calkins uh, travis may blair curtis and sort of had our rankings summit uh talk through these different players uh had a chance to chat at length with pat crane yesterday who obviously former road of his radio star and, and i think one of the best minds in the dynasty uh industry overall and what was interesting there is that both of them made compelling arguments for how to play this, but polar opposite arguments, right? Travis actually suggested that he had the running backs in the top five spots post-draft, whereas uh, Pat was saying that when we look at what's happened with running backs recently, we look at where these guys have landed in this year's draft, and then you, you look at some of the, the wide receivers and the depth here, 
you can make an argument for moving players like Swift and Dobbins down to the end of the first round. I think you can make an argument for Akers in the second round. That's actually where I had him projected after the first two days. And then I've moved him up after uh, seeing a lot of people have him, you know, even in the top six picks. But for me, there are a couple of things going on here. Number one, I think it's valuable to go back to the 2017 draft and look at how one of the things people were arguing at that point is, well, what happens if the top seven guys are actually running backs? And now a couple years later, we look at that and you have carry on Johnson, probably value squashed with what happened this weekend. Certainly you have guys continuing to fall with what happened. You have players like Michelle and Freeman, whose values are almost nil already. You have, ronald jones now in an interesting committee perhaps having his value go back up a little bit but basically you have saquon barkley you have nick chubb and then you have this great wide receiver group that was almost free right dj moore wasn't very expensive Cortland sutton second round uh, calvin ridley second round christian kirk second round michael gallup second round and i think this draft could be a lot like that I think if you have to look at a season where you're going to be a little bit patient, then maybe it would be this season where uh, one of the things people are looking at and are concerned about is the possibility that rookies will not have the same impact because the offseason is going to be so limited. The ability to interact with teams is going to be curtailed. With those kinds of things in place and granting the fact that CeeDee Lamb is now with Amari Cooper and Gallup, Jerry Judy is with Cortland Sutton, kj hamler you know probably the best value pick in the draft uh, fant uh, the big uh, fast tight end now from missouri those guys are going to have a lot of issues generating the kind of target share at the nfl level that leads to wide receiver one status in the near future you talked about dave's articles he's done some great work on this after reading dave looking at some of these issues are you excited about and targeting some of these wide receivers knowing that maybe 2021 is when you're going to first get the big impact or are you concerned that their depth charts are so crowded there's definitely concerns about the depth charts being uh, crowded but the thing that davis done that's excellent and in, in the article um, is breaking down particularly for the wide receivers what he expects to be kind of uh, the target allocation over the season um when we look at the ones like the, the big surprise for me was rugs going as high as he is um you know could be a very good nfl player but you know wasn't projected to be the first wide receiver really off the board um and his situation we're looking at 15 percent of the targets you know the concern I, everyone knows listening to the show that we've talked about Sutton on, on a huge amount of occasions on the show I still think that he can go in there and be the second in command but if you look like it, it is a top heavy uh, wide receiver room where Sutton is the complete lead target share there then you mentioned Fant but you also have Judy coming in as well so I think there's a situation there where Judy can come in and slot into number two and still have above a 20% target share um, you know in his article Dave has him down for 21% with Sutton at 25 and there's not a huge amount of depth in terms of when you go below the top end guys and I, I think that that there still gives that opportunity the one then that the concern could be about is you know Gallup was somebody I was very interested in targeting this offseason with the situation where Cobb had left Jason Witten who is like a ghost of Jason Witten at this point had retired I, I thought Gallup could take a real step forward but what I think we're going to see there is the tree of the, them guys in and around 20 percent and 
like you mentioned, if the offseason doesn't go according to plan for Lamb, I think Gallup is going to have the, the lead there on that, uh, you know, number two wide receiver role. So the two of those guys, I was very excited about pre-draft, not as excited about post-draft, but longer term. The, the other thing, Sean, with these guys is a lot of them have slotted in beside very young wide receivers at the, at the kind of who are ascending you know like a Gallup or like a cooper um the other ones then would be rager um obviously we know that the eagles have struggled a lot with speed we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the show so you're gonna have Ertz, rager possibly goddard and there you know we'll see what happens with alshon jeffrey if he can get healthy but rager uh, i think can have a substantial role this year uh, in the passing game uh, jefferson was somebody who i wasn't that excited about before the draft he ends up with the vikings possibly filling into that digs role the, the concern i have for this offense is there's just not enough passing volume unless things change this year um like and and their situation you have Thielen, you have jefferson you have cook and then you have the two tight ends there's not a huge amount to go around there so if somebody else emerges i think jefferson could find it a little bit tougher to hit the 20 percent that dave has in the article um i just think that there they'll have to be some more pieces to, to step forward there uh, Ayuk, very interesting to go with the 49ers similar to uh, the situation with the vikings i just don't know if we're going to see enough passing volume dave has him in for 14 percent of the target share and i think that's pretty fair because of the overall uh, volume that's going to be there, that, that's a concern to me. He was somebody I, I did like a lot pre-draft and I've kind of pulled back the reins a little bit there on him. Um, so, you know, you mentioned a moment ago, Sean, you know, that second round and where we might see, like if you're looking at the current uh top end off most dynasty rankings or some of those guys who have been second and third round picks a couple of years ago looking at how it is shaken out the second round has some very good you know opportunities at the wide receiver position we talked about chenault the hope was that he would land with the packers that obviously didn't happen for us lands with the jacksonville jaguars uh, you know i've liked westbrook dd westbrook that is um but obviously we've talked about chark as well i think chenault uh, has found a good spot there uh, and I, i'm looking forward to seeing he does Petman, i think was a big winner ending up with the colts i think that was a very good landing spot t higgins he's landing in a spot where you know obviously we have aj green but he's getting up in years so we have a chance to see him make an ascension into that similar with Pittman, you know we're looking at ty hilton um older wide receivers who you can learn from then step up in you know one or two years down the line so the guys who have actually gone in that second round denzel mims as well somebody who have i've talked about uh you know the new york jets i i talked about that sean last week we kind of had a disagreement i thought the jets was a good landing spot um for one of these receivers and he was somebody who he liked so i think i think that's going to be an interesting as well so there's a lot of those guys going in the second round um that you've projected there that i think could end up being being real values as we as we move forward would you agree with that I, I do. I think that one of the things that we saw is that the value at wide receiver was compressed even more than what perhaps we thought going into it. One of the things here that maybe is a little bit frustrating is that some of the people we like the best moved into some weaker spots. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I think that CeeDee Lamb is going to be the lead wide receiver in the Dallas Cowboys offense sooner rather than later. Right. So as soon as the second half of 2021, I think that he can be the number one guy there. So even though they have some young studs to play opposite him or play with him, I think he's going to be the guy. I think that'll be more difficult for Judy because Cortland Sutton is so good. And one of the most underrated players in this draft was KJ Hamler. You look at his stats. He's someone who, when we put together the wide receiver prospect lab rankings, 
for day two that he moves to the top there. Uh, his peripherals are fantastic. You, know, you you load up his video, and he's really the guy who does what so many of these teams want, which is separate at will, make difficult catches deep. He adds another element to their offense that I think they were missing and I think will be even a better fit perhaps than what Judy is and so you look at those guys there he's someone now especially uh, in dynasty best ball leagues that I'll be targeting I think the situation with Pittman and Higgins is that both of those guys are a little bit overvalued going into the draft and so then they land especially Pittman lands in that fantastic opportunity so we'll see what he can do with that the IU situation, I think, is interesting. A lot of people do have that down as a negative situation. I think the 49ers are going to come out and score a ton of points over the next decade. And so having him in there with Debo, with Kittle, I think that it's going to make all of those guys very difficult to cover. And so we're going to see extreme efficiency, not in all games and maybe not even in all seasons, but I think we're going to see very good efficiency from that group. Jimmy Garoppolo now, someone uh, who should definitely be targeted again, perhaps more in best ball formats because they're going to you know, have uh, some bouncing back and forth between these games where they mostly run the ball. But, but I like that spot. So, you know, looking through the end of that first round there, we have Lamb at 104, Swift in that 105 to 108 range, Judy in the 106 to 109 have certainly seen him fall to ninth now after what happened. Tua, if you're in the super flex, is going to be in that six to eight range. Dobbins, he's an interesting one because I think the short-term opportunity isn't great. And TJ was pointing out that, you know, in this Baltimore Ravens offense, you're not going to get the running back receptions. And so that just puts this lid on the ceiling, right? So when you're looking at uh, having to compete with Mark Ingram, uh, perhaps Justice Hill still gets a few touches. It, it's certainly a situation where I think you have a high floor but a low ceiling long term, and so then you also have to look at you know how quickly is this value going to be there, right? The reason that you take these dynasty running backs early in rookie drafts is because they have that first year value more quickly. They have that trade value after the first season, but then things fall off very quickly after that. And so again, if we're in a year where perhaps rookies are not going to have as much of an impact, I think we could see some followers there. Akers coming in right afterward. Jalen Rager, someone I have a 111 in terms of what I think will happen, not necessarily on my board, but I've seen people like him as early as the fourth pick. And I think you can make a good argument for that. I think you've already done that uh, to an extent here. Jefferson, Ayuk. And then we get into that kind of interesting situation where do you like Henry Ruggs with what the Raiders obviously think of him? Uh, how confident are you in Chenault with the injury? Uh, reading about what the Jaguars thought here. They had him as a top 10 to top 15 pick after 2018. I don't think that's necessarily uh, unlike what other teams had, you know, before the injuries and the down season. They're very excited to put him in this offense with a DJ Chark and to give more weapons to Gardner Minshew. I have him projected at 203. He would be higher than that on my personal board. So uh, someone I will be getting in that range i like him above Pittman and higgins out of these four guys out of rugs chanel Pittman, higgins is there one guy or two guys there that really jump out at you as must own types of players are you trying to move up in that range or if someone offers you 
uh, a future third to move down a couple spots? Is that something you jump on? What I've been trying to do is uh, we've talked in at the top of the draft how things have shaken up so much and then the second round. So I've been trying to see what I could do to move back to get into this range in in some spots um, where possible. Um, What what I would be looking at in this range is I'm very reluctant to pull the trigger on on rugs. Um, I think there's just i have too many concerns there Um what i would be doing is like it'll be chenault and Pittman. Um I, I think in terms of the situation who's going to have a more instant impact i think it's going to be Pittman. i think long term the ceiling play is to go with chenault so in a dynasty perspective it's it's more about the depth that i would have at the position if i have a, a team that i think is really ready to to go this season and i, I don't need somebody to to really play week in week out for mid wide receiver i think i'll be going for chenault for the upside and if i have a team that is is really you know maybe struggling to get that third wide receiver um weekly uh, i would be leaning towards Pittman. i think both will uh, have pretty solid nfl careers but i think chenault is the, the higher upside play in the long term well we also had some interesting running backs who are going to be in this second round range for rookie drafts one of them i know is a little bit of a sore spot for green bay packer fans and aj Dillon. we also have zach moss who goes in there and forms what i think should be a very high upside and encouraging committee for the buffalo bills i think both players can get value out of that we have Keyshawn vaughn going to the Buccaneers perhaps offering the passing down back that they were looking for someone we've really liked talked uh, in some articles last week talking this article here about he was number two in this class in breakaway rushes trailing only Jonathan Taylor he was number four in backfield dominator rating one of the interesting things I, I think about this is I've consider myself to be very high on Vaughn definitely had shares pre-draft and yet a lot of people still have him higher than I do post-draft. I think this is a situation where it's a good fit for him. Certainly, he screams up the board. It's also still a good fit for Ronald Jones because he's not hit by one of those top three guys, and the Bucks didn't seem to have that immediacy in the second round where they felt like they had to draft one of the studs in on top of him. So I think he also rises when we're looking at the second round here, do you have a favorite? Vaughn, I think, is going to be going the earliest of the trio. Uh, is there any argument that we should be taking A.J. Dillon? He's going to have uh, 15 to 20 upside a year or two down the line in this Packers offense like Aaron Jones did in 2019. The interesting thing about Dylan is it's one of those situations like both both the Packers uh, current running backs uh, Williams and Jones were both drafted in the one season so they're both hitting uh, their contract years this year like th- there's no chance that they keep both of those guys so Dylan is more of a he might have an impact this year but he is a player uh probably looking a year down the line so if you are looking to play that patient game like we talked about earlier i think it's definitely somebody who's smart to pick up um whether like the big thing is is it going to be that they let jones go keep williams at a cheaper contract i think it's gonna be a case where they keep jones and let williams go and then aj Dillon and jones are going to be kind of split in the backfield my one concern about aaron jones as much as i do like him 
is always that how will he hold up on continued usage he managed to hold up pretty well last year um, but it was pretty much a 50 50 split if you look through the weeks where both of them were uh you know healthy and active on the roster it was pretty much a 50 50 split on snaps and on usage um although jones was by far the more explosive player out of the two with that usage so i think there's room there for dylan to get an opportunity he could possibly um you know bypass williams on the depth chart but uh, again it's going to be a committee um but he is a player who i think is an interesting pick when we get to 2021 um the other ones you mentioned there is vaughn i think that like you mentioned uh both of these guys could could have value in that offense i think that he has been valued at the spot that he's been valued now um because of the landing spot um and that that's because people maybe don't think similar to years in that um you know jones hasn't been hit by one of those top three running backs coming in neither has the rookie to have that kind of stud running back in front of him so there is a bit of a balance knack there to see which one uh, goes i think jones has come in a very short lease this year so i think there's a chance that vaughn can go in and get that job um, but i also still have little bits of a, a glimmer of hope that jones can still do what we've hoped that he could do over the last three years but it, it just hasn't worked out uh, moss is the other one that's interesting you know i've talked about uh, devin singletary too a big big fan uh, heading into the offseason of what he could do this year zach moss is you know somebody i think that can have a real impact as well in the nfl i kept talking last year earlier in the season about the situation it was obviously frank gore was the running back uh, who was getting a lot of the work and it was very disheartening to see that on a continuous basis but i think zach moss and singletary can both work together a little bit like uh i'm kind of hinting at with the packers i think it will be a bit more of a, a committee approach but rather than it be one of these three back committees where we're seeing in a lot of these backfields maybe like we're going to see possibly to start off in indianapolis then maybe we'll see a situation where uh, the job is overtaken hopefully by the rookie as we move forward but I, I think we'll see a split backfield between the two of those um and it'll be a slight committee between the two i think moss is a, a very interesting prospect i I wish that he wouldn't have ended up with one of my other favorite kind of prospects in, in Singletary, but th- there's opportunities there. I think if I had to pick one who by the end of the season was most likely to be the lead running back on the, the roster, it would be Vaughn. Um, so it, it's a case of, again, what, what, you, what you need, but um, probably the one that's going to have the most impact in 2020, I think it'll be Keyshawn Vaughn. Would you agree that he is the most likely to be the the lead running back you know to get a a more every down role than the other two uh which i think are definitely going to be in some sort of a committee um with, with their kind of running back partners uh, he has the most upside and is going the earliest as a result i think that it depends a little bit on what you need what your format is certainly dylan and moss are going to score a lot of touchdowns if things break the way that the teams that drafted them expect the way that they if they can continue on with what they've done in the past certainly dylan picked this early i think by the packers who didn't have a clear need because he really does project as a derrick henry type player certainly that type of player as we saw last year uh, has a role in the nfl and certainly has a role if the offense allows him to do what he can do uh, moss i think a, a similar type of thing where singletary and moss should both rise in the same way that ronald jones and vaughn should both rise in that this is a great situation as you pointed out where uh, again devin singletary avoids any of the top running backs and yet with moss he goes in there with a situation where the bills have pretty clearly stated that they want this to be a committee they're not going to give a uh, singletary uh, 
a huge number of touches. They're probably not going to give him a ton of goal line touches. So uh, certainly maybe lowers the ceiling a little bit for Singletary. There was a scenario where really no one gets in there. Uh, You have that Miami Dolphins scenario where uh, they don't take the position seriously at all. But based on the rhetoric coming out of team headquarters prior to the draft, I think things went basically as well as they could have possibly gone for Jones and Singletary. So I'd move all these guys up uh, in the draft that I'm currently in, took both Dylan and Moss. I think those guys are going to have value right away and certainly project to having ceiling scenarios in the nfl where they're very good players so the 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 chance to have a limited contribution we see that from running backs all the time even again you know mentioning that 2017 class even the superstar guys coming out you know we have situations very shortly down the line where they're not doing much of anything that scenario is in play but i think there are some very optimistic scenarios for these running backs as well yeah and i think it's going to be a lot of fun to decipher some of these guys over the next uh couple of weeks obviously we'll be recapping some of our drafts we'll be getting some information as to how adp really starts to you know settle and how people are feeling about these players uh, rather than just in small sample sizes so i i'm really looking forward to you know diving into that and now starting to look towards the season how these players will impact uh, you know redraft adp as well and things like that so a lot of a lot of fun stuff to come up in the next couple of weeks and of course as i mentioned already we're about to hit the 100th episode so make sure as i mentioned at the start of the show to leave us that written and review on your favorite podcast app give some of the podcast tweets a retweet uh, for a chance to win one of those one month subscriptions to rotaviz.com um, as always thank you very much for tuning into the show my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland joined again by sean siegel make sure we went through kind of two of the rounds off that uh, three round super flex that sean has up on the website so go and check out round three and some of the other players that we've uh, kind of jumped over glossed over there lots of good uh, information in there as well until we're back with another show later this week of course have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.